Sean, I don't know if you heard the breaking news today, but uh, Royce Freeman will be sitting out the 2016 football season to protect himself from injuries, citing Todd Gurley injuring himself his last year. What is it's your a real, It's a really shocking development. Yeah. Um, I, I woke up and I was like, well, we had a rushing attack this year and, and now we don't. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty bummed. But then I, I got up um, and I looked at the calendar and I saw what day it was and everything was okay again. Yeah. So apparently everybody else can do jokes. GoDucks.com can do jokes, but we can't do jokes. So here's what I here's what I like about that part is that Rob Mosley calls us out on Twitter. Yeah, he calls and us says, a-holes. I wonder what and I, I wonder what those a-holes from Addicted to Quack are going to cook up this year. Yeah. Little did we know that the the year we go silent is the year that goducks.com publishes a story on how the uh, the Ducks at Austin Stadium are getting an LED field, which is very so, cool joke. Well, well played. Well played. Yeah. Good job, Rob. You uh, committed the robbery. So, yeah, that night was weird, though, because uh, Matt Daddy is not a Rob Mosley fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, I was really surprised. We were talking on Twitter, and it was just like, he's a glorified cheerleader. And I was like, he works there. I would do the exact same thing. Like, you think this team sounds great when Rob Mosley does the, does the report? I would be just like... We have 15 Heisman candidates, including uh, Tyrell Crosby at left tackle. I always love the first practice report of the year. It's like everything is fine. People are happy. People are fresh. Things went well. Yeah, it's like it's the exact same stuff you hear every year. We're going to be more explosive this year. Everybody's offseason went really well. That's what I like so much about week one is you can see everything just fall apart so fast. Yeah. It's like these people have spent like a whole off season getting ready to do this and then everything falls apart. I love it. That's why I like college football really just seeing everything fall apart. Kick six, yep. I love it. <laughs> just Can't get enough of it. You know, some people like to watch the world burn. That's me. Straight up. I won't even apologize. I'm the guy at like sporting events when someone uh like proposes on the big screen i'm like please say no i want to see what happens (laughs) (laughs) i want to see anarchy yeah exactly so um it's fantastic i love everything about that stuff so um a couple things i want to point out uh the defense is quote-unquote going to be much more aggressive they're going to be keyed in more and more on uh, attack. They're going to be an attacking defense. They're going to look to force turnovers and expect to see a lot more sacks this year. That's what I'm hoping for. I Which mean, is what I've read every single year in the offseason from every single team. <laughs> it never changes. At this point, I'd like to think that's the case, but it's like, what team is ever like, no, nah, we're just going to like Ben did not break. Like we're going <laughs> to go with that. Old we're just going to we're just going to keep it super safe. Keep everything in front of us. Or name like a defense that's like not out to get sacks or yeah. interceptions. It's great. They're I like, love that. They're stuff. like you know, as long as we just give up, you know, we, we can give up some big plays here and there. But as long as we just hold them to field goals, or you know, we'll be fine. Hey, if our offense can score forty points a game, then you know we can get up. We can give up twenty every there game. You, go. you just got to outscore the other team. Uh huh. <laughs> 
key to the game, score more points than the other team. Our offense it's... is really good. <laughs> Plan A. <laughs> there you go. That's that's about how you win football games. Pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, All right. Sign us up to coach. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Ted Miller was tweeting out today. We're recording this on April Fool's Day. Uh, Ted Miller was tweeting out that Oregon has been the highest scoring offense in the Pac-12 and 10 since what year? Uh, 2002. No. Remember USC was a thing with Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were a thing once upon a time. Um, 2008? 2007. Okay, okay. When Chip Kelly got here. When Chip Kelly got here and we just like started routinely putting up 60 points a game. Yeah. Oh, it was good times, good times. Yeah, exactly. Um, when was the last time Oregon wasn't the conference leader in rushing? Uh, ooh, ooh. Um, whatever, whatever the year was that Jonathan Stewart wasn't here, like before that, two thousand six. Two thousand six. That was the year after Bush and Lindale White left. Yeah, that would that would be the, that would be the time that they didn't lead in rushing. Whoa! Wait! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Michigan's Spring game is in 12 minutes. What? Who plays a spring game on April 1st? <laughs> what monsters? <laughs> Seriously, though, who plays a spring game? We just started this week. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Yeah, we don't, we don't have this spring game for like another month. End of this month, 2016 spring game. I'm excited. I can't wait to see... All the quarterbacks play. Yeah, we actually get we actually get to see like a quarterback battle in the spring game. But I don't know. I'm just waiting for you know the whole off season where everyone can write their storylines about the air quotes uh, quarterback battle. Well, there won't there won't be one. Well, that's what you think. This, that's what we think every year. What if Travis Johnson beats him out? What if he just emerges? What if Jeff Lockheed? No, no, that's no. not a joke. That's not a joke anymore. He's he's. They're actually like preparing sticky glue for his butt on the bench. Oh, that's not nice either. Oh, I went there. <laughs> oh, I went there. Uh, Jeff Lockie, according to the practice reports, is doing a great job of helping out all the younger guys, which is huge. I know there was like a really hot debate on ATQ, mm-hmm. um, the comment section, which is always the epitome of high intellectual thinking. We love you guys, especially you, Daisy Deck, you're the best. Uh, so, uh, other notes, Devin Allen is not participating in spring ball. As he shouldn't. I was saying on Twitter today, I don't know why this guy is wasting his time with football. He is like a, a potential, like he's like a world-class track athlete. And he's like, you know, I, I take the stance of like Bobby Boucher's mom on this. I, I don't know why you're why you bothering with that foosball. <laughs> 
Bobby Boucher. Please tell me you've seen The Water Boy. No. You have never seen The Water Boy. I don't oh, like man. Adam Sandler. Oh, this was Adam Sandler in his prime. I don't oh. like Adam Sandler ever. I'm not mad, Rusty. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> if you have to see any Adam Sandler movie I like. I've seen like a couple. Yeah, but but point being, I mean, he has a brighter future in track than in football, so I think he needs to stick to that and not risk messing up his track career. Which is the that's, most ridiculous Oregon thing of all time. Yeah, that's that's about my take on it, and because it's like if you're if you're talented, it's so much easier to like go pro and make a career in track than in football. He's not going to like he's not going to do anything in football past college. But he can compete he at like he could train for like the Rio Olympics and track. Probably sign a pro deal. Get some nice sponsorship money. Or he could just do both. Or he could do both and he could be a superhuman. Bo Jackson you see, I think if he's on the football team this year, we should just like just run in a straight line, and we'll look to hit you every time. <laughs> yeah, just run in a straight line. Nobody else will catch you. Every once in a while, you just throw a slant and go, so it looks mm-hmm. like you might cut inside. Keep them gotta keep keep people on their toes. Yeah. So, uh, with the four three. We got a lot of people moving around. Prevo is now a full-time defensive end, which is ridiculous because he's like 225 on the roster. Uh, I don't know how well that's going to go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Basketball. We totally forgot about the basketball. What is wrong with us? You know, I really just tried to block that game out of memory and pretend it never happened. Well, what was the text you sent me after the season? Oh, I said I was like, at that moment, I was like, I wasn't even sad. I was just so proud of the team. Yeah, like they had gone so they had gone so far. They had, they had like, they met my preseason expectations. But I think, like, of going, I think I thought, I think I said that this was a team that was capable of like a run to the elite eight. Uh-huh. But for whatever reason, I didn't have them pictured as like a number one seed overall or Absolutely. a top five team in the country. Like I thought we would make that run as like kind of like a Cinderella, like a Cinderella team or maybe like a six or a seven seed or something like that. Uh-huh. But I, I would say that in that sense, the team exceeded expectations and I think they're, they're going to be even better next year. Oh yeah. Cause the only guys leaving are Dwayne Benjamin and Elgin Cook. He was really good. I really mm-hmm. liked him. But we get Jordan Bell, who was ridiculous in the in the playoffs during March Madness. Like against Duke. He had like a hottest six minutes I think I've ever seen in sports history. Yeah, it was amazing. Like he was he was he would just he wouldn't even guard anybody. He was so tuned in. Like, he wouldn't guard anybody. He would just wait for somebody to block. And when the guys would, like, start pump faking, Jordan Bell would just jump and then catch him on the way down as the other guy's going up. 
It was, I've never seen anyone so tuned in and just throwing down dunks. Have you ever had more fun watching a basketball game than Oregon beating Duke? That was just the most satisfying thing ever. We beat Ted Cruz's kid. Yep. We were, we were for a short period of time, we were America's heroes. Yeah. The uh, hero America wants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was like a 10-minute stretch of that game where Oregon blew Duke out of the gym. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even close. It was not even close. It was like, this this Duke team is just, does not have it. They are just not. They met alive. their, they met their wall. Yeah. You know what's craziest about uh, was about going to that game? I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, if we recorded this before that. So I was listening to a, like, a sports betting podcast that's out of Vegas um, for entertainment purposes only. And they had a guy on it who, uh, he's a pro better in Vegas, which means he's one of, like, 25 people who mm-hmm. actually make money off sports betting. <laughs> Contrary to whatever your cousin or best friend tells you, uh, they do not make that much money off sports betting. Uh, and he's like, yeah, uh, I think Oregon's got a more athletic team. Um, I think throughout the last few years, Duke's been better. Um, but then they got better players. But then Oregon's got the better coach. And the guy hosting the pocket's like, wait, Allman's the better coach? He said, yeah. I don't think, uh, he's, he's, what did he say exactly? He said, uh, I don't think Coach K's been that great the last few years. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, uh, and so that's when I was like, wow, this is, uh, that's a hot take. But it kind of looked that way on Saturday. Yeah, Oregon had just like, or Thursday, it was Thursday. I mean, that was, it, it was close for a while, and then Oregon just went like full gas pedal on them. Yeah. Because I think we were down at the half. I think it was, it was, it was, up. It was close. It was real close. It was like a one point game or something, I think. That's kind of, this is how it's going to be the entire time. So, and then, mm-hmm. nope, eight minutes into the second half, and this is over. Yeah, wound up being Oregon was up 36-31 at halftime. Okay. And then they outscored him 46-37 in the second half. And see, it's weird because if you watch the game, it did not even look that close. Yeah. So. Marshall Plumlee was a non-factor for the most part. Yeah. Six points, five rebounds. Uh, Grayson Allen was Duke's leading scorer, but he only he shot four of thirteen. Woof, woof indeed. Dylan Brooks did Dylan Brooks things: twenty-two points, nine of nineteen shooting, including just tossing up just like a whatever shot at the end of the game that Coach K got pissed at. Yeah, and then denied that he got pissed at. Oh, I was, I was like. Are we are we really yeah we okay we're gonna talk about this all right <laughs> we this are is, definitely talking about this this is a thing that's happening absolutely do you want to start us off with the uh, with the the coach K Dylan Brooks thing yeah so, so I yeah I wrote a piece on this just it was being addressed everywhere so I had to you know. I didn't want to be left out of the party, so I had to get my, my takes in the pot. No, all the page views. You have to do it for the page views. You got to do it for the clicks. 
Um, and I mean, my, my headline was pretty much what I thought. It was uh, Coach K was getting mad because Dylan Brooks was literally following the rules of basketball. People are like, oh, it's, you know, you're already winning. You, the game's over. Why do you have to take that shot? Well, you see, in basketball, there's this thing called a shot clock. Yeah. And you get 30 seconds to shoot the ball. And if you don't shoot the ball, then the other team gets the ball. And so when the shot clock winds down in basketball, you shoot the ball. And so Brooks kind of like, he nonchalantly chucked it up there. And like, I think he wasn't even really trying to make the basket. I think he was just kind of like hucking it up for the sake of hucking it up. And Dana Altman took full responsibility for it. And he was like, he was following my orders. That's on me. That's not on him. You know, as any good college coach does, he's trying to like take the controversy off of a young kid's shoulders onto his own. Um, he improbably, you know, goes all Steph Curry and hits the shot. And that was the icing on the cake. It's really the story of the game. And yeah, essentially coach K wasn't too happy about it. Went up to him, said something along the lines of like, you're too good of a player to be showboating like that. And, and then went off and lied about it in a press conference. And there was a whole big debacle on it. Lied about that. He said anything to Dylan Brooks, right? And so they asked Coach K if he said anything. He said no. They said, well, we asked Dylan Brooks, and he said you said something. And he was like, oh, I didn't. It turned into like uh, this, he said, he said, you know, nobody knows what anyone said thing. And then CBS was like, no, we actually have evidence of you saying that. <laughs> we actually know. have the audio. <laughs> yeah, we have the audio. And it's just like, it's uh, it's just so funny that duke of all teams is like whining about bad sportsmanship if it was like Mm -hmm. anybody else i would be like okay whatever but it's like duke of all teams is like whining about it uh and then well a it's duke they never blow anybody out b they have a guy who (laughs) there's evidence of him tripping people over the course of multiple games intentionally uh like what are you gonna do and then uh Coach K is always like preached like class and everything, and then he gets like caught lying about it, mm-hmm. and it's not even close, and it's not even worth lying about. So I don't understand it. I actually would have been Dylan Brooks was like, no, you're right or whatever. Like, what else are you gonna tell Coach K? I he would have been like my favorite player of all time if he was like if he had just given like a condescending comment. Twitter world, the sports world might have blown up about how disrespectful it was, but I love villains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, at the same time, it's like, Coach K, like, everybody who, like, makes their living off sports thinks that you aren't that great anymore. And I just watch that game, coach your own players. And I would be saying the same thing if Altman did that to somebody else. But, like, Coach, I watch that game, too. Like, don't tell other players what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was just, I thought that was just so funny, that entire scenario. Um, yeah, this fo- this basketball season was so much fun. It was so yeah. much fun beginning to end. Yeah, there were very, like, pretty much the the low moments might have been like the bay you know getting swept in the bay area and it was like all right maybe 
maybe this season wasn't all it was hyped up to be, and this is where we come crashing down to earth. And then it got fun again. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was. It was just. It was like they were just so quietly good. And I don't think it was until like the second half of conference play that you were like, "Wow, this could be like a team to reckon with." Like I, I, re- I remember seeing the first time seeing the story on how I think it was like USA Today had Oregon projected as a two seed in the NCAA tournament, and I was just like, "Wait, what?" You know, yeah, I'm right? so used to seeing them as like a ten seed or a twelve seed or something. I'm just like a two seed. Yeah. And then it became apparent why as the season went on, and it was fun to watch. Yeah, and it's like, and then we're like, okay, they got to hold on to a two seed and everything. Um, and then they even get <laughs> surpass expectations. They get a one seed over Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And then what? What did Michigan State say about it? Uh, what What did they say about it? Uh, they said that we were the weakest one seed, that we shouldn't have been a one seed, and that we were going to lose in the first round and be the first team to ever lose to a 16 seed. How did their tournament go? Uh, they lost in the first round to a 15th seed. Look at that. What are the odds? Oh, man. You open your mouth and you talk a bunch of smack, and oh, karma will get you. It's great. It's a beautiful thing. I love yep. it. Circle of life com- continues. Of life. <laughs> um, okay, do and then oh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just briefly touch on this. Um, Oregon went to the Elite Eight, played Oklahoma. Not chill things happened. Um, they ran into the Oklahoma of like January. Yeah. Who just destroyed everybody. They, I mean, I, I was watching the, it just, it, it looked like they were just like a team that just like ran into a brick wall and ran out of gas. And Oklahoma was just imposing their will on them. Like it, they just, Oklahoma looked like a team that was like, all right, playtime is over, children. It's let, let the big boys through here. Like I'd, I've never, I haven't seen Oregon look that just like overwhelmed all year. Yeah, and it helps when Oklahoma has, like, the best player in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, or one of them. I think he hit, like, eight three-pointers in that game, which was, like, an Elite Eight record or something. Yeah, and they're all, like, jump-back fades. It's like, how can you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's, like, it's, like, almost impossible to stop. That was, like, the hardest shot to defend because they're moving away. They've jumped and then are still moving away as you try to stop them. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So, I mean, and when a team is doing that so regularly and everything, it's like, it's kind of just how it goes, I guess. And just, like, sloppy play on offense. It was, like, so rushed kind of a thing. Like, we just didn't get really any possessions. Um, but, I mean, I don't even know if it would have mattered that much, just how hot Oklahoma was. Yeah, so, it was just, like... I'm pretty sure, you know, like Kansas or North Carolina or any of those teams could have ran into him that day and the same thing would have happened. Yeah. Well, North Carolina is the only uh, one seed that made it. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, in my bracket, I did not get a single Final Four team right. 
I I don't know if I'm I'm the same. Um, no Final Four teams for mine, and I don't know if I've ever gone over four in picking the Final Four. Maybe so, I got North Carolina. I don't know. See, I I initially had North Carolina, and then I went back in and changed it to Kentucky, which is a lesson, kids. Don't ever go back in and change your brackets. Just write it in Sharpie the first time, so you can't go yeah. back. Yeah, it was uh, so. But I just like stopped caring about my bracket after like day one. Like I was like, this is over. Like I guess I still have a lot of teams in it, but like the teams that I missed or like I had going deep and everything, it's kind of like, ah, eh, this is over. I'm not gonna care anymore about my bracket. Get an email from like an office pool, and it's like, all right, you are in first place, and then if Oklahoma loses, you win. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wait, what? I was watching these games. What happened? Apparently, everybody is really bad at picking games this year. Um. So, back to football. We have uh, Dakota Pruskop in the spring. It was like him and Vernon Adams that were doing the last few years in FCS. Both like both were multi-time finalists for the Walter Payton Award, which is the FCS Heisman. Mm-hmm. Um, Dakota seems not as accurate, like when moving and everything, or like I think it's the intermediate routes I saw that like didn't look as good as Vernon Adams, but Dakota can run. He, like, runs over safeties. Like, granted, and he, like, runs away from people. Granted, FBS speed is very different from FCS mm-hmm. speed. But uh, he's a running threat. And he is, like, a... He is a bigger... Dude, he has a bigger frame than Vernon Adams. He's taller. He, like, fits, like, a more traditional, like, QB look. So... We uh we're gonna beat out Alabama for him. That's impressive. Yeah, Alabama QBs suck. So there was like a really good chance he was gonna start there. Yeah. So but now we got uh Travis Johnson, who I've heard is making fantastic strides. Mm-hmm. Um and then who's the other quarterback? He's a true freshman who showed up. Here's the thing, I kind of agree with Bino Cook on this. RIP. He was one of my favorite guys of all time. He was one of those guys that's like who talks about players before World War II and stuff. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I mean, they're the best team out of uh, post-World War II. We're like, yeah, there was this guy after the Great War. And it's like, <laughs> it was like so crazy how it's like... There is this guy when they didn't wear helmets. Yeah, exactly. And so it's interesting hearing him too because he was like doing a ton of writing and everything uh, when in like 70s and 80s and stuff when you had guys like O.J. Simpson were known as, like, Heisman winners and college football and NFL stars instead of being, like, now a punchline who Mm -hmm. got off uh, and now is a TV show about his trial, which is amazing. If you're not watching The People vs. O.J., I don't know what you're doing. It is the most amazing show on television right now. Uh, And so now, like, if I say O.J., what's the first thing you think of? Uh, murder. Yeah. So he, like, obviously that's kind of the big thing now. Like, it pretty much, like, shadows over his Heisman and everything. 
Yeah. But Bino Cook is like, yeah, uh, OJ is like the best ball runner I've ever seen. Like, he's the best person running with a ball I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, oh, yeah. He was also an amazing football player <laughs> before upon he a killed time, people. He was good at sports. Yeah, it was like once, once upon a time, he was like the best football player, hands down. Like one of the best. He's one of the best of all time, and nobody knows that one. Obviously, there's a fair reason why that's not the main narrative, but it's like it's totally overshadowed. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's uh, he he had the opinion that like when. This was a bunch of years ago when uh, he saw, like, this whole, like, leaving high school early for college thing started happening to get there mm-hmm. for spring practices. And he was like, I'm against this. Like, kids have, like, because these guys coming in, they're kids. And they're, like, giving up. Uh, he said, like, high school in your last term, like, last semester of high school is the last free lunch you get in your life. Yeah. And he was like, this is the last time, like, they have senior prom, there's, like, all these awesome things that happen, and they're kind of, like, giving up those experiences in order to, like, be better at football right away. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, he comes from a time when, like, college football was not a huge business the way it is now and everything, and there's, like, wasn't ESPN and everything, and so he looks at it as, like, I think he actually has football in the right perspective. Like, I'm sure if he was, like, around today, he would just look at so much stuff going on in football and be like, this is ridiculous. So, and so that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm bummed about when, like, the high schoolers will come in early and I'm like, they're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. Like, I've seen stories of some of them going back for their prom, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. that last semester of high school was, like, pretty fun. That was, those were the glory days and you just kind of skate on through and ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, be real. If you're a high school senior, like, and someone's like, yeah, you can go to college early. Like, you can go now. Because the summer before college was the worst. You were just, like, felt like you were sitting in a prison cell just waiting to be let out into, like, the free world. Really? Because I did not feel that way at all. I I felt that way. Okay. But... I don't know. I would be pretty stoked on going to college early. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But you know, then again, my my high school prom was subpar. So personal experiences may uh, cloud that that experience or that decision. Yeah, I oh, I think prom is very underwhelming in general. I mean, it's not like any of the movies I saw growing up. It's very disappointing. Spoiler alert to all the high school kids listening. Yeah. Prom isn't like the movies. Yeah, if we have high school kids listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we're um, just like we just like ruin their spring. Yeah. Uh that one guy I'm really excited about, Terry Wilson. He's the yeah. true freshman that came in. Um so right now they're at the spring trimester. Mm-hmm. Uh so, because Oregon's on the quarter system, so it's basically it's uh, the third quarter. Um, so he's there early. He's practicing. I looked at some of his uh, high school football stuff. He's on the team, so now I can actually like, look at what he did and everything. I've set a rule where until they show up, I will not like look at anything. Um, his high school highlight tape. He is fast. He's one of those guys where it's like, I really want him to win the job. 
like fully. I want him to yeah. be the best quarterback. I always get I always like get excited about the idea of like true freshmen just coming in and killing it. Um it's so rare though. But I mean at the same time like it's kind of like the uh the sped up Aaron Rodgers effect like maybe sitting on the bench and like developing for a year in practice wouldn't be such a bad thing for him. Yeah, red shooting and stuff. Mhm. It's uh it's one of those things too where I think like uh it's like if you are like going pro as a baseball player, you have like single A, double A, triple A, you work your way up. So you get mm-hmm. like reps because otherwise if you just go straight, you're just going to get blown up by like 100 mile an hour fastballs. Yep. And like for uh, like boxing, people will have like 100, 150 amateur fights before going pro. And like the people who have like 100 amateur fights before going pro are significantly better than like people who went pro after like 15 right or like 20 it's and all so, about development yeah so for running backs i don't think it's as important because of running backs have a pretty clear expiration date at yeah. some point you got to get as many carries in as quick as possible yeah so that's why i'm like derrick henry took 400 carries last year like that's like a two nfl seasons um yeah. Uh like I love I love me some Derrick Henry, but like Kiffin was like, We're putting the team on your back. You're getting the ball forty times a game. Mm-hmm. And if there's anybody who can do it, it's Derrick Henry who's six two, two hundred and fifty pounds. So, um, but like having having like reps at in college football is so important before going pro. Because Mariota was took a redshirt year before he played three years, right? And he didn't go pro as soon as he could, and he stuck around a year. Went up to be the number two draft pick, mm-hmm. and now he's getting paid way more. He's set up in a much better scenario, like individually, like all yep. the skills and everything are much better off. Um, I think Football Outsiders did an analysis into it, and they said like. The biggest determinant of uh, quarterback play in the NFL, like positive quarterback play, is like games played and completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Or like the two biggest ones. And it's like, oof. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, like a maturity thing too. Like being an NFL QB is not hard. And if you're immature, it blows up in your face, aka Johnny Manziel, who isn't on a team right now, has... Major issues that have been documented, and he spent the last week partying in L.A. and Las Vegas. Like, so while I think the idea of a true freshman coming in and, like, killing it right away is by far the exception. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with Dakota Prukop, maybe that's the right gap year. So... We'll see what happens. Yeah. The general rule, uh, Bino Cook said, was the closer you line up to the football before the play, the harder it is to start. Like, the the harder it is to start when you're younger. Interesting. So, yeah, like center, QB. Mm -hmm. Really hard to start there. Receiver, safety, cornerback, you can get away with more. Yep, exactly. That was like the general rule of thumb, he said. So, 
Uh, yeah, so Travis Johnson, I've heard, is looking great. Terry Wilson apparently had a good first week, according to stories. Um, Dakota, we kind of know where he is. It's just like where he fits in the Oregon offense and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be real exciting. I'm pumped. It's going to be such a nice spring game this year, too. It will be. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, just have Dylan Allen run straight down the field. He doesn't need to do anything else. That's all we need. Yeah, exactly. Um, Any notes we're missing? You know, I think it's a pretty uh, pretty brief week of quack here. Yeah, I mean, we're now that it's... Uh... Oh, the women's, the women's basketball team. Oh, yeah, good for them. We should talk WNIT, about that for a little bit. WNIT fine... Did they make the, was it Final Four or Elite Eight that made it? Uh, semifinals. Nice. It made the semifinals in the first year. Yeah. Of their new coach, um, whose name is escaping me. I think it's like Kelly Graves. Kelly, I was thinking I think, Greaves. I think this was the second year he was the around. Second year. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're like way ahead of schedule right now. Yeah, this is leaps and bounds better than the Westhead years. Yeah, so I mean, this is going to be really exciting. Although Westhead's like running the running the crap out of them, I just like this might come off sexist, but I just don't think like there are that many women that can keep up with that pace. Right, you're taking a you're taking a system that you used with like elite men's college basketball players and NBA professional players and using it on a women's college basketball team. It's like it's not exactly the same thing. Right, which isn't, like, in a women's basketball team that doesn't have top-tier action. Yeah, it's not like you're doing, yeah, it's not like the UConn women's basketball team yeah. or something, like, and it's, yeah, it's, so, I th- yeah, this is going to be a much better fit for the program, and I think they're going to, I think we'll probably pretty soon, whether it be next year or the year after, we'll, you know, probably see a NCAA tournament appearance, which will be quite nice. Yeah. And Oregon State, our Beaver brethren, is playing UConn in the Women's National Championship game. Hey, as long as they don't lose by 60, uh, that's that's a win in my book. Yeah. Oh, it's Final Four. They're in the yep. semifinals. Um, uh, and then Washington is on the other side. God, what happens if we have an Oregon State-Washington Women's National Championship? I would watch that. <laughs> I would, I would watch, watch that, that, and I would root hard for Oregon State. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're like my second favorite team in the Pac-12. It's like, it, you know, if, if, you're, if your team's not going to be in it, then you root for the conference with the exception of Washington. So. Yeah. I can't find a line on UConn-Oregon State. I'm sure it's like UConn's favored by like 30 or something. See, I don't even think they do women's lines. Yeah. See, I I know like some professional bettors, they'll just bet like really obscure sports. Mm-hmm. Like they'll bet like WNBA or they'll take like Patriot League basketball. Yeah. And stuff like that because like Vegas just doesn't have the time to devote everything. And so the ones that get bet on more, the ones that get more time. So like SEC football is always like locked down. Mm-hmm. But you go to like Mac football, might be a little more loose. So, 
There's a reason why, though, the casinos are so tall in Las Vegas. So, all right, well, that will do it for us on this week of Sling and Quack. Uh, yeah, we're glad Royce Freeman is actually playing this next year. Uh, so, we will see you guys next week. We'll have some more look at football. Um, Look at the draft because that's coming up some more. We'll tell you even more analysis about where Buckner's going, um, about which uh, team in the top five is going to. Mm-hmm. And we'll get some minor sports in there, some acrobatics and tumbling. Baseball is going on. It's great. So that's Sean. I'm Rusty. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>